0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Friend of a Friend, and Happy New Year to everybody tuning in. I am so excited to be back on the show. Anytime we skip a week or it's a holiday or anything like that, I truly feel so lost in the world, not too sure what to do with myself during that time. So I'm so excited to be back and back in our routine. I hope that everyone had an incredible holiday. I know I did. I was in Mexico. I went with my entire family and a couple of friends. The holidays are my favorite because everyone's offline. No one's bothering me. And it feels like truly the perfect time to unwind and like actually get to relax. So I hope you guys got to do the same, ate all the food, watched all the holiday movies, whatever traveling you did. I hope they were so much fun. But again, I'm just so happy to be back. You guys know me so well at this point, And you know that my number one love is fashion. And as a consumer and lover of fashion, I love to kick off every year thinking about the things that I think Are going to completely take over the industry. And as someone who's worked in the industry for 10 years, it's so interesting to see the things that fluctuate, what stays, what goes, the trends that come by, and how they truly are influenced by popular culture. So I'm so excited today because I'm going to kick off the year with an episode of some predictions and things that I'm so excited to see in the fashion industry this year. We have a ton of really amazing guests coming up on the roster, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear from them but today it's just going to be us. So I'm excited to dive in and I'd love to hear what you guys think about these things. Feel free to DM me anytime, leave a review, get in the comments, whatever it is. I'm so excited to hear your guys' thoughts on this too and how these trends and predictions come to life. I want to start with something that I feel like we've talked about a few times already on the show, but also is something just like impossible to avoid. I feel like we are in a crazy moment of the most intense game of designer musical chairs. And that's been something that has completely shaken the fabric of the industry. As a consumer, I find myself kind of at this crossroads where I love brands and I love to follow brands and I love to almost fall in love with their designers because I feel so creatively inspired and connected to them. But I'm almost at this point right now where I feel hesitant. Dare I say that I almost feel like I've been like jilted by the fashion industry? I mean, last year with Alessandro Michele leaving Gucci and then Ricardo Tishi leaving Burberry, Daniel Lee leaving Bottega and going to Burberry, it kind of feels like I'm in the most inconsistent, unstable relationship that I've ever been in. So I think this year is going to be a major moment for brands and designers to really, one, make a stake in the things that they believe in, their design iconography, and the things that are important to them as a brand. But I also think it's a really amazing opportunity for an entire new fashion industry to come about. I'll bring Ferragamo up as an example, because I think that so many of the brands that we love and adore are heritage brands that have been around for decades. But I think those brands are now being confronted with how to innovate and how to stay relevant while also maintaining their iconography, and what makes them them. And I think Maximilian Davis at Ferragamo has been doing an impeccable job of that. I think this year, Ferragamo is going to have a major year. I think we're going to see it on red carpets. I think we're going to see it more in editorials. Zendaya just wore it, and she looked absolutely amazing. And Maximilian Davis's first debut show last September was a hit. The silhouettes, the designs, everything was so incredibly beautiful. And I know people were pleasantly surprised and impressed with how that collection came out. It was innovative, fresh, sexy, and sleek, dare I say, for Ferragamo, but still maintained, again, the brand's iconography from, you know, the horseshoe heel to their staple bags. All of those things were in there, but just in an updated way. So I think we have a really great example right now of what we want to see in fashion. How we want to see these big brands bring in young, fresh, unknown names and propel the brand forward. But I do, again, think that we are being confronted with this moment of succession in the fashion industry. So I think 2023 is going to bring some absolute craziness. I want to start with Burberry because I feel that there is a major resurgence about to happen for Burberry. I've been working in fashion again for a decade, and it's really interesting for me to notice how fashion weeks around the world. Are almost an indicator of the times in fashion. When I first started out, not many people were going to Milan Fashion Week, not because the fashion week was bad. Obviously, the best designers, in my opinion, show at Milan Fashion Week, but just because people weren't going there. People would go to New York, London, find something to do for a week, and then land in Paris, or they were just doing New York and Paris. Now, I feel like we're in a moment where London Fashion Week has slightly dropped off a little bit. I don't have as many peers that go. There aren't as many shows that I feel are bringing the attention and the heat to London Fashion Week as, you know, a Milan or a Paris. But I do think with Daniel Lee at the helm of Burberry, I think we're about to see a major resurgence, both for the brand and for London Fashion Week. I love Ricardo Tisci, and I love what he did at Burberry. I think it definitely showcased the fact that the brand has so many different avenues and design iterations. And I think it's really important to be able to see that a brand can exist in a lot of different avenues. It doesn't just have to be, you know, the same design codes over and over again. But I think now what people are craving is that classic heritage Burberry. To me, Burberry has always represented like the British way of life. It feels very heritage, it feels very classy, it feels sharp, but above all it feels really utilitarian. And I think Ricardo Tisci's Burberry was not utilitarian. It was about design. It was about stepping out of the box a little bit. And I think what Daniel Lee did at Bottega was really create this utilitarian way of dressing, but in a really sleek and cool new way. And so I'm so excited to see what he does at Burberry, bringing in that kind of same design language where the people want something that's utilitarian but really cool of the moment, something that's fresh and feels a step above something that feels basic. So I can't wait to see what happens with Burberry and I really think it's going to make a major comeback. I'm sure so many of you are also wondering what is now going to happen to Alessandro Michele post Gucci. He literally built a whole new world for the fashion industry. So if he wants to take a year off, I'm going to say by all means go. In my dreams By the way, just quickly before I go into this, this is not something that I know. This is not something that I've heard. These are just things that I personally would love to see come to life. I think Alessandro would be an impeccable designer for Dior. When I think about some of the iconography and designs and worlds and beautiful, just like cosmic, out-of-the-box designs that Alessandro brought to Gucci… I think that he would bring something similar to Dior, obviously, in a more constructed, refined way that I think would be really powerful for the brand. I feel like Dior in the past few years has really brought a lot of creativity to their designs. I find that there's a lot of illustrations. There's way more storytelling. And I think not only would Alessandro nail that, I also think he would nail the classic, beautiful Dior suit. I mean, we all know and love seeing Harry Styles in all the Gucci suiting and the bold bow ties and hemlines. And I think that he would bring a really cool classic iteration to that for the Dior woman. So that's just something I would like to see. Again, I have zero dog in this fight and I have no idea what is being planned over there. We can just call it my little fashion pipe dream. Some other designers that I'm very curious to see where they go this year But again, this year, I think we're about to have major fashion musical chairs between all of these designers at all of these major, major, major brands. I think it's a time where we cannot be dedicated to anything. We have to kind of love everything, stick along for the ride. But I think it's a really, really important time to remind everybody to fall in love with designers for what they bring to the table and maybe not what they create at a brand. Because in today's world where everything feels really temporary and I have no idea who's staying where and the designers are literally moving around in cycles, I think it's important to not so heavily associate designers to the brands anymore and more just follow them because you love what they bring to the table. Something that I am so excited about this year, you know, I love a style star. I love red carpet style. I love stars who really take a chance on fashion One of our last episodes of 2022 was with Zoe Deutsch, and I was so excited to have her on the show because I think that she takes so many fashion risks. She never, ever keeps it simple. She always goes for the really cool fashion moment, a yellow jumpsuit, a Valentino hooded cape gown. Like she goes for it. And I love that. And so I always think with new stars come new opportunities for style. And so here are two people that I think are going to absolutely dominate the fashion industry this year. One, Taylor Russell, who we already know is dominating. I mean, her Bones and All press tour style-wise was the most immaculate thing I've ever seen. As a somewhat of a newcomer, to come in with such a strong perspective and strong point of view fashion-wise was truly one of the most iconic things I've ever seen in fashion. Whether she was wearing that gorgeous Schiaparelli moment the form-fitting dress with the gorgeous hat and a red lip and a bow tie around her neck, or the fabulous McQueen dress that she wore with the pockets. Her hair was so sleek. She looked incredible. I think that she's really making a statement in the fashion industry with her choices. And she's not a style star in the making. She is already iconic in my eyes. And I can't wait to see what she brings this year. Even more so now, for those of you who don't know, she just signed a contract with Loewe. So she's now a face of Loewe. And you know what that means. She is now obviously contracted to wear Loueve all the time. And I think, you know, that gets really tough for someone who has such a strong point of view. I'm really curious to see how she keeps it creative, how she keeps it fresh, how she keeps bringing out these incredible looks while also having to stay within one house. I know that there was so much going on in the Twitter universe when Margot Robbie, it was obvious that her Chanel contract had finally ended because she was like coming out banging in these Bottega looks. She was wearing things that were so different than what we're used to seeing her in. And I think that's what happens when a lot of these celebrities sign on with a designer. We get really used to seeing them in kind of different versions of the same thing. So for someone who just made a major splash in the fashion world, I'm so excited to see her, especially with a house like the Wayway, because I think it is out there and I think it is creative and I think it is fun and it is sexy and it is cool. And that's exactly what she is. So I'm very excited to see her, but also excited for the challenge. I think she's also doing an epic job of like making it cool and like not obvious. There was a fabulous TikTok video of her that I saw kind of going around in early December where she was just like walking the streets of New York in like vintage Levi jeans, vintage loafers, a baseball cap, and the Loewe puffer jacket that kind of went viral in December. And it just didn't feel obvious. It didn't feel forced. It felt so part of her world and like organically cool and sleek and chic, like she was just walking around for the day and not the face of a major brand. So I'm so excited for what she's gonna bring to that house and just what she's gonna continually be bringing to fashion as someone who really takes risks. We'll be right back after a quick break. Now that the new year is in full swing, I love to get a head start on all of those new healthy routines and rituals. I love to try to get back into my workout routine so that I can take care of my mind and my body. And I love to try and start eating healthy in the new year, especially after the holidays. I know we've all treated ourselves, myself included. But as someone who's always on the go, that can be really challenging. Sometimes I get really sidetracked by my laptop, phone, emails, all these things that I forget that it's lunchtime. And before you know it, I'm ordering something super unhealthy because I just ran out of time. So for me, I love and rely on Sakara to keep my week healthy. For those of you who haven't tried Saqqara yet, their organic meals and wellness essentials are designed to deliver results. They deliver science-backed, plant-rich nutrition programs and wellness essentials right to your door. No having to leave, no having to worry about what to order, no takeout. Their ready-to-eat meals are also incredibly nutritionally designed to deliver results from weight management, eased bloat, boosted energy, and clearer skin. After a week on Sakara, I feel like a completely new person. Their meals are absolutely delicious. There's so much variety and diversity for me to have every single day so I never get tired of it too. And I look and feel better. And right now, Sakara is offering you guys 20% off your first order so you can feel the same. When you go to sakara.com slash friend or enter code friend at checkout. That's sakara S-A-Q-A-R-A dot com slash friend to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash friend. I promise you guys will love it. Now let's get back to the show. My second style star, who I literally have butterflies. I'm so excited to see what she brings to the table this year, Jenna Ortega. If you have not seen Wednesday by now, and I hope that even if you didn't when it first came out, you took the time to over the holiday season, Wednesday was one of my favorite TV shows of the year. And I'm not someone who would usually like a show like that that feels very Halloween-y almost and very theatrical, but I binged the show in like literally two days. I wouldn't stop talking about it, haven't stopped talking about it. I think everything from the casting to the story, to the costume design, to Jenna Ortega's performance was one of the best I've seen. I'm so happy that she was nominated for a Golden Globe. And honestly, I hope that she wins. She was incredible and brought like so much to that performance. I got stuck in like that hole on TikTok where I was like looking at interviews that she was doing and like figuring out how she did this. And Tim Burton told her to like never blink throughout the performance and how she went through a very physical transformation of dyeing the hair black, cutting the bangs, you know, looking at people as if she was kind of looking through her eyebrows and don't be surprised at how big of an influence Jenna Ortega's Wednesday is going to have on fashion this year. I think people are really going to even take up that like Y2K kind of goth Tumblr aesthetic to the next level because she was so cool, people loved her performance, people loved the show and I just wouldn't be surprised if it becomes an entire fashion genre in and of itself. But I'm so excited to see what Jenna Ortega is going to bring to fashion this year as a style star. She had such incredible looks for the Wednesday press tour from what she wore to the premiere, the gorgeous Versace veiled dress. And I do feel like Valentino does a great job of finding rising stars and kind of bringing them under the house early on. But I also would love to see her do something that almost feels Wednesday-ish. Rodarte, Simone Rocha, maybe a little Hater Ackerman. I would love to see her continue the Wednesday into real life because she just did it so well. And I think she's just going to have a major impact on fashion this year. Like everything from red carpet style to TikTok style to what people are wearing to Halloween. I think Wednesday's aesthetic, this like kind of dark, moody, but very cool girl is going to be something that we see a lot of this year. So those are my two girls for the year. Cannot wait. Cannot wait to see what they bring. And I know a lot of you love them too. I keep seeing them all over my Instagram, all over my TikTok, just everywhere. Both of them, anytime I feel like they step out of the house at this point, are trending on Twitter. So cannot wait to see what the next year brings for them. And I want to go the opposite route and stop talking about high fashion for a second and talk about what I think is the revival of the mall brands. And this has been happening for a while. This is not something new. I think that last year, obviously, we saw Victoria's Secret come back, the Abercrombie revival. But now it is really, really happening. Those two brands have obviously, you know, made their stake. They're back. They're here. But we've also in you know November and December really saw the rise again of J Crew and Banana Republic. Banana Republic went viral on TikTok in December. Because people were walking into the store and being like, hey, did anybody realize that Banana Republic is like really good again? And it became a fashion TikTok moment. Everyone was talking about it. And honestly, it is really good. I remember when I first moved to New York, Banana Republic was the first place that I went to to get sweaters. The Cali girl did not have sweaters thick enough to survive. And I still have some of those sweaters today. They're really, really good quality. But I just think Banana Republic became one of those brands that just didn't come to mind. And I think in my mind, if there's anything that's permeating fashion right now, is this resurgence of formal wear. I find myself gravitating towards things that feel formal slash elevated, but very utilitarian, very chic, very everyday. And what I mean by that is a really beautiful suit. Maybe a long skirt with a button down and a blazer. A pair of perfect slacks with a crispy white shirt and a sweater over my shoulders. It almost feels like the days of the perfect J Crew are back in full force. And I don't want to say that we're going back to minimalism because it doesn't feel minimal. It feels incredibly specific. It feels like there's a ton of effort behind it, but it just feels really clean. And it feels like it can take you from day to night anytime. And it just feels chic and elevated. And so I think with that in mind being a trend that I think is coming back, I think that there's no better time in the world for the J. Crews and the Banana Republics to be making a major, major comeback. J. Crew, I know, brought on a new designer. The designer who started the men's brand, Noah, is now designing at J. Crew. So, obviously, bringing a lot of fresh energy to the brand. I think people are excited about it again. In November, I actually went to my first J. Crew press preview in my 10 years of working in fashion. And I was pleasantly surprised by the clothes. I mean, to begin with, I have always been a J. Crew fan. If you listen to my Jenna Lyons episode, you know that I've always been a J. Crew fan. But now I just am excited that I think they're coming back into the fold. As a content creator, as someone who's worked in the influencer world, J. Crew has never done anything that I think has truly made a splash. Nothing that I've ever been like, oh, that's really cool. I would love to be a part of that or I would love to work with them. And so the fact that I think they just did their first kind of moment in L.A., makes me really excited to see how they're bringing the brand full circle into 2023. I saw a ton of people wearing J. Crew holiday throughout the holiday seasons. A lot of really great like button downs with fun feather details, sparkly skirts, sparkly bags. So I think they're back. I think they're here to stay. That being said, I think, you know, everything kind of goes like a pendulum. I think that because these brands are coming back in popular culture, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a major shift away from like the Urban Outfitters Depop style and maybe started to lean on things that feel a little bit more elevated, especially with these two brands just coming back into the fold in a major way. I also think of a lot of other brands that I really am seeing just all over my Instagram feed these days. I think of Nilly Lotan, who has obviously had an incredible brand in the fashion industry for 10 years, but I'm seeing it more now than ever. I think of Veronica Beard, I think of Anine Bing. I think of Les Jeans. All of these brands that have been around for a long time, but I think are obviously bringing something new to the table. But most importantly, bringing something that the people want right now. So excited to see how those brands kind of land this year. So go check those brands out because I, over the winter break, walked into the Banana Republic and saw like a red faux fur coat that was like the chicest, coolest thing I've ever seen and could not believe that I was standing in Banana Republic. The last big thing I want to talk about is the Met Gala. I think the Met Gala defines so much of fashion in many different ways. I think the designers that we see there, the theme, the styles brought to the red carpet, they all permeate culture in really different ways. And this year's theme pays tribute to Karl Lagerfeld. It is quite literally called Karl Lagerfeld, A Line of Beauty. And it's honoring his legacy in the fashion industry as someone who worked for decades on a variety of brands from Chloe, Fendi, and most notably Chanel. The exhibit is going to be stunning. There's going to be 150 pieces from his years as a designer, as well as sketches. I think it's going to be a huge hit for the Met. All of those brands are fair game for people to wear to the Met Gala this year. We've already been in this 90s revival for the past, I'd say, year or so. I think that's going to come back even heavier with this Met Gala, because let's be real, in my mind, 90 Chanel is probably my chef's kiss. It is just, you know, there's a look that I think about often that Chrissy Turlington wore in a 1992 runway collection from Chanel. It is that black dress that is pretty form fitting. She's got the gold bangles on, a gold kind of bodice around her, giant gold earrings. We've all seen this image time and time again. And I think it gets iterated in different ways, but it is so classic. I would love to see who either gets their hands on that or, you know, how they're going to iterate it for the red carpet. So I think we're going to see a lot of this, like, 90s iconography that, like, especially people who love fashion, it's going to come back around. I think we're going to see a lot of Chanel brides. If you don't know what the Chanel bride is, Karl Lagerfeld used to pick who he considered to be his muse of the season, his kind of fashion darling, to come out at the end of every Chanel runway show and be the Chanel bride. It was Cara Delevingne many times. I think it was Kate Moss a few times. It's always a big moment and it's a huge honor as a model to be the Chanel bride. It's always something that is out of the box, but always incredibly chic and on brand with Chanel. So I do think we're going to see a lot of Chanel brides and that would be really, really fun. But again, I think that it's going to bring back this kind of 90s French girl style look. We're already here with the ballet flats. I think they're going to continue on. I think we're going to see a lot of brooches, tweeds, skirt suits as people get ready for this Carl Lagerfeld-themed Met Gala. I also think Lily Rosedapp is obviously going to have a major moment knowing that she is a friend of the house, knowing that she had a relationship with Carl. I think her show The Icon is also coming out in the spring around that time. So imagine kind of a a double-double whammy there with the new show, which I've heard she's incredible in, and I'm excited to see her performance in it, as well as the Met Gala. I think that she's going to have quite the year and completely take like a sharp, Left from kind of what she's been doing and really kind of cement herself as an actress. So that will be really fun. She's another style star that I love. And I think the Met Gala is going to be an awesome moment for her. So those are my musings. Those are the things that swarm my brain 24 7, all day, every day. Can't stop thinking about them. Have zero control over them, but just love watching from afar and love being able to share them with you guys too and get your thoughts. Here are the things that you're interested in fashion right now. So Shoot me a note. I'd love to hear your response to any of these predictions, thoughts, ramblings. My favorite part of friend of a friend is being able to connect with you guys and hear what you guys think about all this. So, my DMs are always open. One last thing before we wrap up the show and head into 2023. Oh my god. Here are a few pieces that I think are going to continue to dominate the fashion world and that I think that you need in your closet. They're trends that I'm still seeing everywhere and are must-haves for 2023. One, the loafer. If you would like you can get a ballet flat. I'm not really into the ballet flat, I'm not gonna lie. Maybe it's the inner like ex-ballerina in me that like cannot handle it. I can't even like put on tights sometimes. So I don't like the way they look on me. I do love the way they look on some people. So if you love yourself in a ballerina fat, by all means add a ballet flat. But I just think the loafer is still gonna go really strong. As I said, Wednesday had a major impact. I think a chunky loafer is just gonna continue to dominate this year. A midi skirt. I think that we had the brief moment of the Mew, Mew Extra, extra, extra mini skirt. And I think, as I mentioned the pendulum earlier, what goes up must come down. We saw midi skirts really come into the fashion kind of culture in the fall. And I think they're going to continue. I think, you know, a great midi skirt with a knee-high boot and a top is a beautiful outfit. I think it's something that was overlooked for a little while. And now people are really getting back into it. Get your midi skirt. There are great ones on Revolve. Song of Style has some really beautiful ones. If you're looking to splurge, Bottega has an amazing one. But they're all over the place. So definitely get one of those. A black tube top dress. I feel like Hailey Bieber made these popular. I feel like I always see her in a painfully chic black tube top form fitting clavicle showing moment. I think those are I've seen people who, whose fashion I admire in this like black tube dress with like a black tight and a kitten heel. And I think it's going to become something that almost feels like the new version of the little black dress. And last but not least, a vintage leather jacket. I know that that sounds incredibly basic, but I see them more and more so over Instagram. I see a lot of brands that are, you know, vintage brands that are just kind of kicking off, sourcing really cool vintage jackets. It's not just like your typical vintage jacket, something that feels a little bit worn, kind of feels like borrowed from your dad or borrowed from your brother, something that has some age on it, not always black, maybe brown. Again, I'm going to bring up Haley because she has so many great ones. There's one company that I love that I know she wears too. It's called Warren Vintage on Instagram, and they always have the most incredible assortment. So definitely get yourself one of those because I feel like that's going to be the jacket of the year as well. A couple items that I think you guys should have. I hope you guys have an incredible start to the year and loved this episode. I love sharing my thoughts with you guys. And let's see if any of these come true. I mean, I will feel like a official trend predictor if they do. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. If you haven't followed the show, follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to rate and please leave us a review. It really helps the show grow and it puts the biggest smile on my face. Have an amazing rest of your week. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.